Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 152 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 152 of WrestleTopia gets underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW gets underway. And last night was Monday Night Raw going down live for the Wells Fargo Arena in Des Moines, Iowa. And I gotta say, I am shocked to announce the following. This was the final Monday Night Raw of 2022 because next week is a best of show and therefore for the first time in 153 weeks there will not be a Raw verdict. I cannot believe it either. I have done every Monday Night Raw since the debut of this podcast nearly three years ago. I have skipped a few shows during that time but never the flagship show. I found a way to drop the Raw verdict every Tuesday morning. That will change due to Monday Night Raw being a best of recap special next Monday night. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself on a Monday night without covering Raw, but I'll find a way for a night as I will try to celebrate the Christmas holiday with my fam and really celebrate the reason for the season. So we'll take a pause For one day next week, be back just in time for the final NXT of the year, followed by Dynamite and a very important SmackDown on Fox from Tampa involving the return of John Cena teaming with Kevin Owens versus the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns alongside Sami Zayn. That is box office, and I cannot wait to cover it to wrap up 2022 right here on WST. But until then, let's focus on last night's Monday Night Raw, which was a better-than-usual show. The Des Moines crowd was kind of so-so until the last hour of the show when their hometown hero came out in the form of Seth freaking Rollins who woke up this crowd as a sung in unison for him and that definitely helped keep me awake during the show they were kind of quiet throughout the night but we did have some great bloodline moments as Roman Reigns sent a pre-taped message to Kevin Owens telling him that you are really messing with my plans you're in my business you're on my island and I gotta get rid of you by coming on your show and taking out your crew because Roman wants Kevin Owens to acknowledge the bloodline once and for all. So we got Sami Zayn alongside the Usos reigning defending undisputed WWE tag team champions and the enforcer Solo Sokoa ambushing people backstage ranging from Mustafa Ali, Cedric Alexander, Dolph Ziggler, Elias among others who got jumped and beat down by the bloodline throughout the show. It is gang warfare backstage. We got Sami Zayn on the cell phone camera posing and laughing and filming all this footage of the Usos whooping that ass accordingly we got solo delivering Samoan spikes left and right to people backstage so it is all out chaos behind the scenes Adam Pierce trying to maintain some order but it's to no avail as the ambush attacks continue in the ring later in the show which I'll get to momentarily but I thought this was a hot chaotic way to kick off Monday Night Raw which started off in the ring with the Street Profits versus Judgment Day. It was Finn Balor and Damian Priest wrapping the crew as Dominic Mysterio is still recovering from being misted by Asuka last week who got Akira Tozawa repping the Street Profits at ringside as well. I like to swag during their entrance And I like the fact that WWE is trying to make Tozawa a badass again because he's so good in the ring. He has a lot of charisma as well. And he was one of a select few that woke up the crowd last week in Milwaukee because his talent cannot be denied. And I like the fact that they're not 
playing into those Japanese stereotypes of he must be childlike, he must be infantile. No, he is a badass guy that can go in the ring and put on a show and get people's attention. That's the Akira Tozawa I know and love. And I'm glad the WWE is emphasizing that a bit more week after week. This tag team match was good. I love the interaction between Montez Ford and Damian Priest early on as Montez was leapfrogging over Damian Priest, trying to gain control of this matchup until he was rocked with the forearm strike and a boot. Courtesy of Damian Priest, he pounced Montez out of the ring at one point as well. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Montez Ford is the babyface in peril being worked over by Damian Priest and Finn Balor. At one point, Angelo Dawkins is in control of things and he is going to make the hot tag and take it to Finn Balor with the springboard elbow, the clothesline splash in the corner and the silencer. But Damian Priest is going to drop Dawkins with the South of Heaven choke slam. But Montez Ford is able to land a frog splash on Damian Priest for a new fall. Finn Balor does regain control, land a Sling blade, a shotgun dropkick in the corner goes for the coup de gras. But we have Akira Tozawa causing trouble at ringside for Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio. He has a wrestle look up and he is going to throw some alcoholic liquid into the eyes of Dominic. He burns Dominic's eyes and this distraction allows Montez Ford to roll up Finn Balor for the win. Big victory for the Street Profits. After the match is over, Rhea Ripley is going to chase down Akira Tozawa on the main stage and knock him out. And she wants a match against Akira Tozawa after the commercial break. And the Street Profits says, you got that dog in you. You can do it, Tozawa. Fight back against Rhea Ripley. And this actually happened. An intergender match going down in WWE involving Rhea Ripley versus Akira Tozawa. And I was excited. Because if left to their own devices, they would absolutely kill it in a match. But WWE has a policy of the men not hitting the women. So Akira tried to be respectful of Rhea Ripley. But Rhea had no respect for Akira Tozawa as she delivered right hands and punches and kicks in the corner. Big booted Akira at one point as well for a close near fall. But eventually Tozawa does fight back by not landing strikes on Rhea Ripley. But landing a Karana after some effort, which was kind of topsy-turvy from both of them. And another highlight was Rhea Ripley landing a vertical suplex on Tozawa as as well for a near fall. Tazawa was going for a tope, tripped up by Finn Balor. You have the Street Profits land a flip dive on the outside to Balor and Priest lay them out of this match. And Akira Tazawa actually has Rhea in position for the top rope senton. When Rhea goes shoulder first to the ring pose, he knocks Dom off the ring apron, but he misses the seton. Rhea moves off the way and she lands Riptide on Tazawa for the win. Very fun spectacle matchup if left to their own devices. They would have a hell of a match. But WWE is only going to go so far with intergender wrestling. I get it. But for what it was, I had a lot of fun. And Ray Ripley was presented as an absolute badass in the best possible way. Next up is the Alpha Academy's Otis and Chad Gable versus the OC's Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. And this match existed. I've seen this matchup a lot on Monday Night Raws of late. I love Chad Gable. He'll give you great moments, but he keeps losing these matches. Otis is a lot of fun as well. Can be cost when need be, but the outcome is pretty academic when the OC lands the magic killer on Chad Gable for the win. And in doing so, we get more gang warfare courtesy of the bloodline attacking the OC from behind. And there's a scrap that leads to an altercation on the main stage. Adam Pierce tries to break things up and eventually it's Sami Zayn and AJ Styles going at it. And that will lead to Sami Zayn versus Styles later in the show as the bloodline continues to make a stand on this show. We had them cut a promo after the beatdown on the OC saying, we're in your city. KO, we're on your show. We're taking over. You can't stop us. We're done for now. You've made our statement. 
and that led to Styles going after Sami Zayn, which set up the matchup I just mentioned moments ago. Next up is the double or nothing ladder match involving Dexter Loomis and The Miz. And this, hopefully, will be the end of this feud. One can only hope. It jumped the shark a couple of months ago and it has not recovered. But I will say that despite the length of this ladder match, it exceeded expectations. An early highlight was Dexter Loomis delivering a superplex off a ladder bridge to The Miz in a pretty fun spot. Then he proceeds to use the ladder as a way to deliver a nut shot to The Miz as he tries to grab the money bags. The Miz does beat him to the top and they eventually fall off the ladder as we go to commercial break. We come back and the struggle is still real to grab this money from the top of the ladder. Dexter Loomis puts Miz in a silencer to put him to sleep, but The Miz breaks the hold and delivers a net breaker between the ropes to Loomis. And he's going to wedge Loomis between the ladder, close shut at ringside, and he's trying to toss his chairs to bury Loomis, but the chairs keep bouncing off the ladder. So that plan sucks. He uses office chairs at one point as well. They bounce off the ladder. It sucks, to be honest. This plan to trap this guy is not perfection to say the least. We got Johnny Gargano antagonizing Miz at ringside and the referee has a gall to say, hey, don't you interfere in this no DQ match for the money bags. And the Miz goes after Johnny Wrestling for all of the shit he put him through in the last month or so. And he tosses his ass over the barricade. He's done for for this matchup. Dexter Loomis pops out of the ladder wedge to go after the Miz. And he goes for a leg drop off the ladder to the Miz to the announce table, but he misses. And the Miz is going to limp his way back in the ring Climb the ladder, but Dexter Loomis magically recovers and he is going to knock Miz off the ladder. He's home free, so he thinks, until the returning Bronson Reed appears out of nowhere and he's going to drag Dexter off the ladder and splash his ass off the top rope. He helps Miz to his feet and he helps Dude climb the ladder rung by rung by rung to get the money bags for his family just in time for Christmas as it's how the Miz stole Christmas for 2022. Stole Dexter Loomis's money and I don't care. I love Bronson Reed. Glad to see him back in WWE. Was unceremoniously fired last year because Vince didn't see it for him for whatever reason. Did some great work in New Japan. I I hope this partnership with The Miz is temporary because he is so much better than being The Miz's lackey. There was a friend of mine on Twitter that mentioned that Miz's partnerships with lackeys don't end well. Think about Alex Riley, The Miz Taraj, and Damian Mizdow. And I love Mizdow to no end, but his end in WWE was pretty unceremonious. So I want a better fate for Bronson Reed immediately by getting the hell away from The Miz and being a monster and a force on Monday Night Raw because he really has what it takes to be a star if built properly and people have a reason to care emotionally and that comes via promo work and video packages and a badass presentation to boot. Next up is a very fascinating backstage interview involving Byron Saxton talking to Alexa Bliss and reigning defending Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair. They will have their championship match on the first Monday Night Raw of 2023 on Monday, January 2nd. And Bianca Belair does not trust Alexa Bliss after Alexa Bliss tried to drop Bianca, with sister Abigail, last week. And Alexa Bliss knows that, listen, I have been through a lot in the last couple of years. Bray Wyatt kidnapped me and then he left me behind and I had to go to therapy. I'm a shell of myself. But thanks to you and Asuka, I kind of found my sister's purpose again that I know that I can basically play with house money that I have nothing to lose at this point and everything to gain, including that Raw Women's Championship. And Bianca Belair relates to her plight and her struggles, but she don't trust her. 
and Alexa Bliss reminds Bianca Belair, I've won championships before you got here. And it's time that I get back to what I do best, which is win championships. And Bianca Belair's game for this championship match in two weeks, she goes to walk away. And in doing so, Alexa Bliss grabs a vase and she smashes Bianca Belair over the head with it. It should be noted that Bray Wyatt's logo flashed behind her, which triggered the attack. And Alexa had no remorse. She had no, oops, I'm sorry. She walked away like a G and Bianca Belair was laid out on the floor. And she saw the attack beautifully. I thought Alexa Bliss did good work during the segment. She's one of the better actresses in WWE when she's given something meaningful to do. And she delivered in a good way. And I'm very intrigued by this turn towards the dark side, minus the voodoo of it all, alongside Bray Wyatt. Now, she did tell a lie, saying that Bray Wyatt abandoned her. Now, in reality, WWE released Bray Wyatt last summer. But let's go back to WrestleMania night two 2021 and alexa bliss was the one that turned on bray wyatt when she was oozing castrol gtx from her forehead for whatever reason and bray wyatt was spooked he was turned on by someone he sired and therefore randy won with the rko in one of the worst feuds of the year despite this dude being burned alive in one of the funniest moments during the Thunderdome era but I'm not here for voodoo Alexa Bliss I do love the chemistry between Alexa and Bray Wyatt if they're together causing trouble without the voodoo I'm good if they bring back the magical elements to their partnership I will flee immediately and read it every week right here on the raw verdict because I'm not here for the magic of it all heading into the new year next up is AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn This match was really good. Both guys worked incredibly hard. And I like the fact that AJ Styles had Zayn on the ropes at various points by landing a form on the outside as we go to commercial break. We come back and Styles goes for a rack bomb for two. Zayn blocks the Styles clash. The Styles call four and lands a big boot followed by a great brain buster for a near fall. Styles lands a series of strikes, including a Pele kick after taking a boot from Zayn. Zayn reverses the DDT into a suplex by sending Styles into the turnbuckles. Styles blocks a halluva kick and locks in the calf crusher on Sami Zayn. Zayn breaks the hold by grabbing the rope. Solo Sikora makes his way through the crowd and distracts AJ long enough for Zayn to roll him up for two. Zayn and AJ go back and forth for a bit. Styles goes for his finisher the phenomenal forearm but he goes after Solo instead and he pays for it with the Samoan spike behind the referee's back and that allows Sami Zayn to land the blue thunder bomb for the win. A rare victory by using a secondary finisher thanks to a big assist from Solo Sokoa as the bloodline continues to cause trouble and whack up wins on Monday Night Raw. I really enjoyed this match. Fans were kind of awake for it, which I liked. As we move on to Iowa's own, Seth freaking Rollins coming out to a hero's welcome. The crowd sings his song. It's all about Monday Night Rollins. And he tells Roman Reigns, this is not your show. It's my show. He calls out the bloodline to do their worst, do some damage if they can. And I love the energy from Seth Rollins. And I keep going back to my proclamation a long time ago. There are maybe two or three guys in WWE that can legitimately beat Roman Reigns. Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, and perhaps Cody Rhodes. Anytime, any place, Seth is one of those guys. And Seth telling Roman Reigns, hey, homie, this is my show. Don't forget about it. That's a telltale of their feud possibly being revisited sometime in 2023 and I'm here for it. Then we have Austin Theory come out reigning defending United States champion as it will be Rollins versus Theory on the January 2nd edition of Monday Night Raw. And there are elements of Theory's promo I want to throw away including the fact that he tells Rollins 
hey, you were given the ball and you threw it away every single time. You're the third most talented member of the Shield. Blah, blah, blah. I will say that Theory had a good line saying that Seth's been to the mountaintop. He's achieved the ultimate success in WWE, but Theory is going to climb Everest. That's his peak in WWE. And Rollins has a great rebuttal telling him, hey, kid, there's one thing that will always eat at you. You have the look, you've got the talent and the skill to be great, but you would never, ever be me and it eats you alive it tears you apart and keeps you up at night and you want to talk about mountaintops I am the mountaintop I am Mount Everest I am the thing you must climb in order to be successful in this company and I'm here to let you know that the man makes the championship the championship doesn't make the man and you could prove that to me right now by putting your championship on the line and theories like uh not tonight. Then we have some bloodline interference, once again, courtesy of Jimmy and Jay Uso. And Rollins like, let's put us out our beef right now, Theory. Let's hold down the fort. Let's hold the line on our show. And Theory runs away like a bitch. And it's Seth Rollins versus the bloodline for a while. Until Kevin Owens makes a save. There's a scrap at ringside. And this leads to Adam Pierce wanting to make a tag team match between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins versus Jimmy and Jay Uso and it is official for later in the show and the crowd pops for this really fun segment loved Seth's energy during his promo so damn good I was into it that's the Seth I love serious a badass and gets a crowd behind him in the best possible way by not singing his song every 30 seconds as he has something meaningful to say for a change against Austin Theory ahead of their U.S. title match in a couple of weeks time on the first Monday Night Raw of the brand new year. Next up was Becky Lynch versus Bailey, and I thought that Becky cut a really good promo on Bailey backstage prior to their matchup, noting that Bailey put her on the shelf for four months with a separated shoulder injury, but Bailey had help in the form of EO Sky and Dakota Kai from Damage Control. And Becky is not shying from her past of doing bad things, but she did those bad things all by herself. She did what she had to do to survive. Bailey has help. She can't do anything on her own. At least use a knife yourself to stab me from the front, not the back with your partners. And I loved that energy from Becky. It was so cool, calm, collected, and screamed badass, which I dug. Now for the match itself, it was good, but lacked heat. And I just think that damage control is cold right now due to the haphazard booking of this crew despite EO Sky and Dakota Kai being women's tag team champions. Becky Lynch and Bailey had some nice reverses encounters early on, which I dug. Bailey had Becky on the ropes as Becky landed awkwardly into the ring post as we go to commercial break. We come back and Becky makes a pretty fiery baby face comeback until Bailey cuts her off with the belly to belly for a very close near fall. From there Becky Lynch mounts a great comeback by blocking a rose plant, landing a modified angle slam and the diamond dust for two. Bailey tries for a cover with her feet on the ropes, but the referee catches her. Lynch goes for the manhandle slam, but Dakota Kai and EO Sky pull Bailey out of danger at the last minute. Lynch goes after both ladies with a TV monitor. The referee does eject EO Sky and Dakota Kai from this matchup at ringside, but Kai distracts the referee long enough for Bailey to grab that TV monitor and attack Becky Lynch from behind and land the rose plant for the win. A shocking outcome to this match Bailey gets some heat back for her crew and herself good for her but the match came off cold in the building and that's kind of rough Becky Lynch is a superstar of the highest order but her matches come off kind of so-so as of late in terms of heat and it's attributed to the booking of damage control 
I love Bailey. I love your Sky and Dakota Kai very much, but the booking has done them no favors as of late. And you hear it via these tepid reactions during the matches. And that's got to change heading into the new year as we prep for the Royal Rumble and ultimately WrestleMania season as well. And now it is time for our main event featuring the Usos, the reigning defending WWE Tag Team Champions versus Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. And one of the great things about WWE in 2022 under the Triple H administration is that we don't forget shit. And Kevin Owens had to refresh my memory when he talked to Seth Rollins backstage prior to this tag team match to remind Seth, hey, we had beef earlier this year because you tried to take away my WrestleMania moment by selling my match against Stone Cold Steve Austin because you didn't have a match at WrestleMania until Cody popped up at WrestleMania night one. And Seth has no recollection of this, but Seth is like, I'm 2% sure I remember this. And Kevin Owens is like, I'm 98% sure this actually happened. And then he mentions Rollins' fit that night. And he said, you looked marvelous. And then he says, I sure did. And he said, I told you this happened. And he got caught. And I loved it. This was the best because Owens does not forget anything. He will hold grudges. He'll be petty. He'll work with you begrudgingly, but he doesn't forget shit. And for that, I love the continuity of it all on Monday Night Raw. And KO is the absolute best at remembering past beef with people such as Seth Rollins, despite his most recent babyface run. As we now move on to the main event involving Rollins and Owens versus the Usos, this match was a lot of fun, chock full of interference in the end as the heels was in control of things heading to the commercial break. We come back and Rollins makes a great babyface comeback by landing a crossbody on both Usos. Owens gets the hot tag and lands a frog splash on Jimmy for a near fall. Jay takes out Rollins with a super kick on the outside. Jimmy gets his knees up to avoid a swanton bomb from Kevin Owens off the top rope. From there, Solo appears at ringside once again to go after Seth Rollins until the OCs, Luke Gallows and Carly Anderson go on the attack. We got Jay wiping on everybody at ringside with a dive. Seth Rollins follows suit by wiping out the Usos with a dive on the outside as well, landing a curb stomp on Jay after sending Solo into the ring post to lay him out for this match. But as he makes his way around the ringside area, we have Austin Theory blindside Rollins with a belt shot to knock him out of this match. And Kevin Owens is all alone with Jimmy Uso in the ring. And Jimmy lands a super kick on Owens. Owens kicks out and they're trading reversals as Owens goes for a stunner. Jimmy blocks that, goes for another super kick. Owens blocks that and eventually after a couple of counters and reversals KO lands the pop-up powerbomb on Jimmy Uso to pick up a big win to build momentum heading into the December 30th episode of Smackdown where it will be Kevin Owens and John Cena versus Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn and after the match is over Sami Zayn enters the ring and goes to attack Kevin Owens but Kevin's on guard he takes off his wrist tape he's ready to fight Sami bails he walks away and he tells his crew to stand down and we'll see how this goes in two weeks time on SmackDown, the final SmackDown of the year. Owens and Zayn going at it, Cena and Roman as well. What an atmosphere will be in Tampa to kick off a new year for WWE by ending 2022 with an absolute banger. And with that, this wraps up a pretty entertaining episode of Monday Night Raw. The crowd, as I mentioned, was uh, until the last hour when Seth Rollins came out there to wake them up. Otherwise, you know, it was a struggle once again in terms of energy, but a better show 
due to the bloodline invasion. The backstage ambushes were great. We got some telltale signs regarding the possible reunion of the Her Business MVP was on the scene for reasons. Talking to Adam Pierce about Bible Lashley's firing last week and unfiring 24 hours later. We had Cedric laid out backstage as well. Shelton too. So I can see this Her Business family being reunited in due time. Also, OC's got beef with the Usos. That could be a tag team match down the line. So a lot of factions and warring going on in WWE. And that is when I love this company, when we got multiple factions popping off and feuding possibly over those undisputed tag team titles heading into the heart of WrestleMania season. But we know the end game will be KO and Sami Zayn reuniting as besties and beating the Usos when it counts the most all in due time. And with that, This wraps up the final Raw verdict of 2022. It's going to be weird not covering Monday Night Raw for the first time in nearly three years, but we'll get through it. I'll be back this week, obviously, covering NXT, Dynamite, SmackDown, and Rampage. And I'll be back next week covering the last three major shows of the year for WWE and AEW. But no Monday Night Raw the night after Christmas. Enjoy that day off with your family and your friends as we cap off a very unforgettable year professional wrestling and on that note this wraps up episode number 152 of the raw verdict recapping the highs and lows from wwe's flagship show monday night raw i hope you enjoyed it as always you can follow me on social media at later wrestling x on twitter and our instagram receptopia they can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows the drop on this in my daily recapping monday night raw nxt aw dynamite friday night smackdown on fox and aw rampage on tnt you know what to do search receptopia and follow me on apple Podcasts, amazon music audible google Podcasts, plus broad iheart radio Such Radio, TuneIn Plus, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 99 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.